Hi, and welcome to the Fertility Warriors podcast. I'm Robin Birkin, and I am so grateful and honoured that you're here today. From my own journey with infertility and loss to becoming a mind-body practitioner and holistic fertility coach, it is my sincere hope that I can help make your journey to conceive lighter, more supported, and easier by sharing deep emotional well-being guidance, doable conception tips, and real talk about what infertility and loss looks like. I'm here with you every step of the way. Now let's begin. Hi, I'm so excited to be talking with you this week and talking to you about a topic that is really close to my heart and is something that I really feel has helped me greatly on my journey, particularly when I had Olivia and ended up having what some would say, well, what a lot of people said, was a very traumatic birth. So just a trigger warning, I'm going to talk about my birth with Olivia, but I really want to bring this back to fertility, infertility, current world events, all of it, and just really help bring you into more of a place of calm and peace with the decisions that you make, whatever those decisions are. So the first thing that I wanted to say today is Did you know what one of the biggest differentiating factors between like CEOs and people who are in high level management versus people who maybe don't even make management or who sit in middle management? One of those big differentiating factors, one of them is their willingness to seek help and to delegate. And I I embrace that fully on my journey or on my life now is that when I feel like I'm struggling, when I feel like I'm overwhelmed, when I feel like there's too much on my plate, one of the first questions that I ask myself is how can I let go of some things on my plate? The easiest way out of overwhelm is to simplify. So one of the differentiating factors is that they delegate, they ask for help. They don't sit there and think I have to do the cleaning all by myself or I have to do every task by myself, you know, so just on that same token, where are you in feeling like I have to cope with this emotionally all by myself, or I have to learn all the diet stuff all on my own, or it's up to me to be responsible for setting all of the goals in my life and everything. What well, what can you outsource? What are you struggling with? What feels overwhelming to you? What feels like it's a little bit stuck or needs improvement in your life. So that's the first thing, and it's not really the topic of today's podcast. But the topic of today's podcast is a little bit more on the second thing that differentiates people in higher level management versus the rest of everybody. And that is that they don't necessarily make more right decisions than everybody else, but they make more decisions and they make their decisions faster. They don't sit and stay in indecision for a really long period of time. They trust and they back themselves and they lean into trust, which is what we're talking about today. So I really just wanted to put that forward. I know that so many of the people who listen to this podcast would class themselves as really hardworking and usually successful people in life, but now they're trying to conceive and maybe it doesn't feel like that way. So, but one of the things they do is they readily trust. So I 
strongly advocate for people. When your gut feels like you go to a fertility specialist, you go anywhere, you go to an acupuncturist, whatever it is, whatever you do on your fertility journey, if there is an inkling of, you know what, this isn't feeling great for me, or you know what, I don't know that they're really feeling me or we're vibing here or they seem like they keep doing the same thing. I say, do you know what? So we have a weekly support call as part of the Mind Body Fertility Reset and I talk about this all the time, okay? The cost of just getting a second opinion is far less than the cost of an additional cycle. It's the cost of a consultation, right? And it at very worst case, they'll tell you exactly the same thing as your specialist, in which case then you'll feel reassured that you are on the right path and they're doing the right thing. Best case is you might be like, oh my God, this person understands me so much better. They're proposing something different. They've looked at some tests that might be missing. Amazing. If that's your gut feeling. Okay, so if you have this gut feeling like, I'm doing this and it's not feeling right, don't sit on that feeling, right? What is the cost of doing nothing and being in the same place in six months' time versus just going to get a second opinion and being like, well, you know what, Like, even if I'm in the same place in six months' time, do you know what, I'm reassured that it's, you know, I'm still on the right path, okay? And I feel like that's a little bit different to leaning into trust, okay? So let's say that you have a fertility specialist and you lean into trust that what they are doing is the right thing for you, that they have your best interests at heart, that, you know, they want you to get pregnant as much as you want you to get pregnant and that they're doing everything within their skill set. So it doesn't mean that your fertility specialist is God. They know everything. And likewise with CEOs, it doesn't mean that they don't make mistakes. They probably make mistakes just as much as anybody else out there. But if, you, if your gut feel isn't telling you that anything is wrong, or maybe your gut feeling tells you all the time that everything is wrong and that you can't settle with anyone's decisions and that you have to constantly second guess everything that everyone is telling you, that you spend all night, all the time trying to Google and go around in circles. And can I tell you, Sometimes with infertility, that's really not helpful because one person will recommend a keto diet, that next person will recommend a plant-based diet. Um, I, I guess, recommend more of a balanced in the middle approach, but there's going to be lots of information. Sometimes you're never going to find that one singular message out there because the message might differ everywhere. But in constantly always trying to check the checkers, in constantly never letting go that things are what they are or in trusting that people don't have your back all the time, okay? So if you, what I'm saying is if your gut feel is like, meh, something isn't right here, then be like, explore that. Be like, well, what can I do to explore that? Versus distrusting everything. No one's got my back. No one's here for me. What are they doing? I'm going to check the checker. What medications are they giving me versus what medications is everyone else taking? It's a really different mindset, isn't it? It's almost frantic. It can have a bit of anger as part of it. It's almost a really different energy. And 
we have to really step into where we are creating torture in our lives and whether our indecision or our distrust of everything, everyone is creating more torture in our lives. And sometimes knowing that there isn't a perfect solution, knowing that there might not always be the answers that you're seeking, knowing that sometimes things are just shitty, knowing that you may never find an answer or a cure for your fertility struggle, knowing that things are not always black and white in life and knowing that the shit may still hit the fan sometimes, that you can lean into trust and say, do you know what, I know that there's, I don't know, risks or I know that things might not go perfectly, but I'm going to trust that this is the best decision for me right now based on the knowledge that I have because your knowledge could change in the future. So that's kind of a different story. But trusting that, do you know what? I'm trusting that I've done enough research. I'm trusting that this is feeling really good for me emotionally and physically. And then trusting in that decision and surrendering to what's next. Did I mention at the beginning of this podcast, I wanted to talk about my experience of having Olivia. And circling this back to fertility at the beginning of this podcast, but really showing you how all of the work that I did and being able to surrender and trust in my doctor really helped me through my hysterectomy. So I had a condition when I had Olivia called major placenta previa, which means that my placenta was literally growing over the center of my cervix. Both times, I don't know why, I've had massive placentas. And basically your placenta attaches to your uterus via all these, ti- all these tiny arteries And there's a 90% chance of hemorrhaging prior to the birth. I was really lucky throughout the pregnancy and really calm, trusting that this might happen, it might happen, it might not, I don't know when it's going to happen, but if it happens, I've got a game plan. And I had a little overnight bag right by my front door. If I had a bleed, I would go to the hospital and go with what's next. And I did have a bleed at dead on 37 weeks. And I want to just tell you before all of you are feeling horrified, oh my God, what's happened to her? Bleeding is actually more common than you would know in pregnancy. Major placenta previa is quite a significant thing, but I have a lot of people who will get pregnant, particularly after infertility, with subchorionic hematomas. And I just want to let you know that if you get pregnant and there is some bleeding, please stay calm. It's so much more common than you think. And so many times it might be something that resolves on its own. Uh, It might be, you know, your baby might be perfectly okay. So I know that we've seen movies and everything like that. And we always think that bleeding equals miscarriage and it's going to be terrible. Can I please reassure you that if you get pregnant and there is some bleeding, It could be a number of things. It could also be nothing. So the number one course of action is to call a medical provider, okay? Sometimes, you know, if there's an early pregnancy, definitely you can take a pregnancy test and go from there. But bleeding doesn't always indicate miscarriage. Ah, sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to quickly jump in and express how grateful I am that you're here today. 
just to let you know that if you'd like more emotional well-being, resilience and conception tips to check out my programs and services, you can find me on my website at robinberkin.com or on Instagram at robinberkin. All right, let's get back to it. So I did. At 37 weeks dead on, I started hemorrhaging, hot-footed it to the doctor and stepped into trust. I trusted in my doctor. I got into that operating theatre. My husband wasn't able to make it in time because everything happened very, very quickly. And so it was me, an anaesthetist, an anaesthetist assistant, my doctor, some other nurses, a person from the blood bank. They're in the room and I lent into trust that these people are here to support me and help me and my baby come out of this as unscathed as possible. Rather than freaking out that my husband wasn't there, freaking out that everything was moving so fast, I really stepped into my Zen mode and I'm going to trust that this is going to work out. Livy came out, got whisked away, and so there I was in the hospital room, my baby had come out and my obstetrician said, I'm really sorry, we're going to have to give you a hysterectomy. What? Um, I had, she had already hinted that, well, I had asked her the question. I was like, what are the chances of a hysterectomy? And she was like, very rare, but, you know, not going to say never. Well, I was the the very rare occurrence where that happened. The And I remember the anaesthetist, I, I just said, okay, the anaesthetist stepped in between me and said, do you know what a hysterectomy is? Have you thought this through? This is a major decision. Do you know what's happening? And my obstetrician, I said, I'm aware. And my obstetrician said, we've actually talked about this and I've been massaging your uterus on top of your stomach for 30 minutes now. So I've tried everything in my, my rule book uh, that is possible. I, can't, I don't really have any other options here because your uterus is not playing ball. And I trusted that she knew what she was doing. I just, tr- I just decided to ride the roller coaster and hang on for dear life, rather than, you know, if I had said, "What else can you do? What are you like? Why are you doing this?" And that's not to say that I was necessarily passive in my journey. I had looked up, like, what are the chances of hysterectomy? I'd ask the question, but I also chose in that moment to lean into her expertise and to say, to say that, you know. Like it feels better for me emotionally, right? I can, you know, keep researching. I can keep arguing. I can keep trying to, you know, figure out in this operating room before I go under what's going to happen and possibly, likely still end up with a hysterectomy, right? I can sit in torture in my mind after my hysterectomy. And let me tell you, I am still so clucky. I'm always the person who wants to hold my friend's babies. Uh, Was our time having babies done? I feel like that. I don't feel like the universe sends a lot of signals. However, I do feel like there's a lot of different roadblocks if I ever wanted to have a baby in my life right now. Uh, one being I do not have a uterus anymore. But I am so clucky. And I also, this is going to sound weird, loved having a period. It ha- Having that now taken away, I'm like, damn, that was such a good indicator of health. There are so many clues that you can get about your overall health just from your monthly cycle. And I don't have that anymore. 
So it's the most obvious clue. So I kind of am a little bit stuck in the dark, but it's okay. But after that, I was entered into a group for hysterectomy during childbirth. And there was a lot of trauma within that group. There was a lot of people who'd had very similar experiences or not even as traumatic experiences who really felt quite broken by that experience. And the only thing that I could feel was actually a lot of gratitude. And I feel like that was a testament to a lot of the mindset work that I did. Like I said before, our thoughts are the language of our brains and our emotions are the language of our bodies. Most of what happens to us comes from our thoughts. 95% of the thoughts that we have are the exact same thoughts we had yesterday which creates then the same actions as yesterday, creates the same experiences as yesterday, and those experiences create the same feelings as yesterday. So if we want to change the feelings that we have, we need to change starting with our thoughts or even starting with our actions and doing something differently to change that. And that's really what I did and embraced on my journey. One of them, those things being trust being leaning into knowing that you know could things potentially be different possibly probably not like are things sometimes just the way that they are are sometimes things just shitty and not perfect 100% um could things you know go completely pear-shaped in the future 100% but what we have right now is this moment we have so many other gifts in our lives and I feel like sometimes it's really hard for us to step into those moments of being able to recognize that when we are stuck in anger and distrust, feeling like we are stuck in the mud, feeling like there's no one on our team. Um, so that's my random thoughts on leaning into trust and leaning into surrender. Surrendering absolutely does not mean like giving up or being super passive but it does mean sometimes that we have a little bit more trust in the world. Things will work out, that we have trust that there will be better days and that, you know, if we want to change the way that we feel tomorrow, that it starts with maybe letting go a little bit and surrendering to what's happening today and then taking some different actions. I hope that's resonated with you and not been too abstract. Thank you so much for tuning in today. It's always lovely to talk with you. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us here at the Fertility Warriors. We'll meet you again same time next week. Before you go though, if you do need some further support, then we encourage you to come and join us at the Mind Body Fertility Reset, the ultimate community for anyone who would like to conquer stress and fuel their fertility. In the Mind Body Fertility Reset, we focus on some of the big pillars to fertility awesomeness. That is community and support, having community there to lift you up and to carry you through your hard times. Sustainable and small steps lifestyle support, helping you conquer your diet goals, your movement goals, cut out toxins and enjoy food and becoming your best and healthiest self in a small steps and sustainable way. And lastly, and what I think is most importantly, emotional well-being. 
Infertility and trying to conceive can be an incredibly hard journey. And it's really hard when we haven't learnt the skills through school and through other avenues to help support ourselves through really hard times. So in the Mind Body Fertility Reset community, we go through all of these things to help you become your best and healthiest self and thrive despite this journey. To find out more, visit us at robinburkin.com slash mindbodyfertilityreset. And lastly, we need to let you know that any of the information contained in this podcast is for inspirational and educational purposes only. It doesn't substitute advice from a qualified medical professional or mental health expert. Please know that there is no shame ever in getting more help when you need it and to always consult with your medical professional before taking on any changes to your journey. Wishing you all the best and cannot wait to catch you next week. Bye.